Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about how runners with Achilles tendonitis skip the doctor visit and keep running. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. The Achilles tendon is the biggest tendon in the body, so when the Achilles tendon gets injured, the runner has a really big problem. If you neglect the early signs of problems with the Achilles tendon and develop a severe form of Achilles tendonitis, you can be crippled temporarily and have your running form altered permanently. In short, you may never run the same again. If you've been running with an aching pain in the back of your leg down near your heel and you worry you have Achilles tendonitis, you're probably freaked out and concerned that you're going to have to stop running. But don't worry. I'm going to explain to you exactly what runners do that helps them get over those early forms of Achilles tendonitis without ever seeing a doctor. Even though it is possible to continue running and continue training if you developed a case of Achilles tendonitis, you shouldn't feel bad about any fear or anxiety you may have developed. After all, the very name Achilles is based in mythology designed to inflict fear. You don't have to search long before you find articles that say something frightening about Achilles tendonitis. No more running is what most runners fear when the Achilles starts to ache. But don't let the alarmist scare you into a state of panic. There is always a solution. You just need the right solution for you, your running style, and your running goals. The trick to figuring out what you should do with your aching Achilles is to first determine how bad the problem may be. Once you understand the extent of the problem, you can decide on the best way to calm it down, heal the Achilles, and get back to running. So who is this Achilles guy anyway? Well, according to Greek mythology, when Achilles was born, his mother tried to make him immortal by dipping him into the river Styx. However, when she dipped him in, she forgot the spot on the heel she had held him by, which left this one small area unprotected. In the end, Achilles was struck by an arrow in his vulnerable heel and he was killed. Achilles shares his vulnerability with the rest of us entirely mortal runners, and that is why the tendon which connects the calf muscle to the heel bone bears his name today. But again, the Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the entire human body, and it is very strong, but it is also, interestingly, the tendon we rupture the most often. Any runner can suffer from Achilles tendonitis. It's a common overuse injury and inflammation of the tendon, but the key is to heal it as quickly as possible so the trouble doesn't progress from one stage to the next. Now, if you've been researching Achilles tendonitis, there's something you have to be aware of. There's this rather unfortunate trend in medicine today that actually says doctors should only speak of Achilles tendinopathy when there's an Achilles tendon issue. Now, the suffix in tendinopathy comes from the word pathos, meaning something is diseased or pathologic. Of course, if your tendon hurts when you run, you already know something is wrong with it. So that term doesn't help you decide what to do. If you want to make a decision about whether you can run, if you should rest, whatever, you need to determine what form of trouble is present in the tendon. There are several stages of Achilles tendon problems, so let's talk about each of these. The first thing that happens with Achilles tendon is you get Achilles paratendinitis. The prefix para means around, and the suffix itis just means inflammation. The earliest form of Achilles tendon trouble is Achilles paratendinitis. This means you have inflammation surrounding the tendon, but not within the tendon itself. In cases of Achilles paratendinitis, there's inflammatory fluid accumulating between the Achilles tendon and the peritenon. The peritenon is a thin covering or outer layer of tissue surrounding the tendon. In, in surgery, when we operate on the Achilles tendon, we look at the peritenon. It basically looks like very thin plastic wrap, like saran wrap. 
As we cut through the peritoneum and separate it from the Achilles tendon, we see all these very little fine fibers, sort of like cobwebs, stretching apart and separating as we peel away the peritoneum. Well, those little cobweb-like fibers are actually nerve fibers. If you have a little bit of overuse of the Achilles, inflammatory fluid starts accumulating between the Achilles tendon and the peritoneum. The inflammatory fluid pooling in there causes a bulge stretching the peritoneum and pulling on those little nerve fibers, and that causes discomfort of some sort, often mild aching pain, but it can be other stuff that we'll talk about later as well. Achilles tendonitis is inflammation within the tendon itself. Achilles tendonitis occurs anywhere within the tendon all the way from the heel bone up to the calf muscle. However, most often the Achilles tendonitis occurs in a very specific area just above the heel bone. This area happens to have decreased blood flow as compared to the rest of the tendon. For this reason, an overused tendon may become weaker, inflamed, and injured in this particular area. Now, doctors refer to this specific area of the Achilles tendon as the watershed region. Fortunately, in the majority of cases, Achilles tendonitis is short-lived. It may begin with a small injury or a particularly strenuous workout. However, runners, triathletes, and other active people often continue to exercise in spite of the pain. When this occurs, a normal inflammatory response that is supposed to cause healing in the tendon can backfire. When chronic inflammation of the Achilles tendon begins, the inflammatory cells can actually cause damage within the tendon and degenerate the collagen that makes up the substance of the heel cord. This degeneration of the Achilles tendon is referred to by doctors as Achilles tendinosis. Achilles tendinosis, again, is just degeneration of the collagen that makes up the tendon. It's caused by chronic inflammation and irritation of the substance of the tendon. As it progresses, the fibers of the tendon start to become disorganized. They become weaker and more prone to microscopic tears. Over time, the tearing of the Achilles tendon can progress and make it even weaker. It then often becomes prone to rupture or complete tearing. In some cases, the Achilles tendon may rip away from its attachment in the back of the heel bone. Now, incredibly, sometimes this sort of injury isn't even painful, but that's another episode. If you notice a lump or a firm knot in the back of the Achilles tendon just above the heel bone, this is most likely the development of Achilles tendinosis. Now, it may or may not be painful if you squeeze it, if it's degenerated and you've developed Achilles tendinosis, particularly if it's been there a long time. Because this sort of mass in the Achilles tendon is usually degeneration that makes the tendon weaker, it's very important to seek treatment to avoid damage to the tendon. If you think about this, if you've developed actual damage to the collagen in the tendon in such a way that it's actually physically and morphologically different from your other tendon, where it's lumpy and firm and different, well, you have to think of that as a severe form of Achilles tendonitis. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's different. One thing you have to understand if you're really worried about your Achilles tendon is that Achilles tendons in runners don't rip, rupture, or tear without first developing tendinosis. But if they do become weaker because of neglect and refusal to fix the problem in its early stages, the tendon can get weaker. If the Achilles tendon is weak and you're training hard, you can get a partially torn Achilles tendon or even a complete rupture of the Achilles tendon. All three of these conditions, a partial rupture, full rupture, Achilles tendinosis, they're what I think of as the most severe form of Achilles tendonitis. And we'll talk about all of those in great detail in part two of this series. But the goal here is to make sure you know how to deal with the early mild Achilles tendon issues, heal fast, and avoid any of the more severe forms of Achilles tendonitis.
So let's briefly talk about the Achilles tendon anatomy. Now, the Achilles tendon actually connects your calf muscle in the back of your leg to the back of your heel bone in your foot. You can easily feel the Achilles tendon. It's the firm, tight heel cord just above the heel bone behind your ankle. If you squeeze your hand along the tendon and move up the back of the leg toward your knee, you can feel where it blends into the calf muscle. It's actually three muscles together that form the Achilles tendon. The medial gastroc, the lateral gastroc, are the two beefy muscles on the back of the leg just below the knee, which most people think of as the calf muscle. The gastrocs start and attach above the knee. This point will become important later. But deep to the gastrocs is the soleus muscle, and the soleus starts below the knee. All three of these muscles blend in and contribute to the large cable of collagen fibers that comprise the Achilles tendon. Now, it's your Achilles tendon that makes it possible for you to stand up on your toes when your calf muscle contracts. It also allows you to balance and walk and push off when you run. Specifically, the gastroc portion of the tendon is what you use when your knee is straight. When your knee is bent, it unlocks the gastroc. So, for example, when you sit in your car and you're pressing on the gas pedal, if you're driving right now, you look at your leg. Your knee's probably bent. You're pushing down with your foot on the gas pedal, and it's the soleus that is actually pulling on the Achilles to do the work of pressing down on the gas pedal. When running, the gastroc portion is firing as the knee straightens out, but it's the soleus portion that fires when the knee is bent. So this all varies as you land, absorb impact, and then launch again when you run. Achilles tendonitis is not really a condition that plagues couch potatoes. It is common in people who exercise vigorously and continuously, like runners. When Achilles tendonitis starts to develop, there's often a sudden increase in either the duration or the intensity of the activity. This happens frequently in marathon runners who start a new marathon training program and bump up their mileage. It's also common in triathletes who progress from Olympic distance to Ironman distance events. It's also seen in otherwise sedentary individuals who begin a seasonal basketball league or start a vigorous running training program without the help of a coach. Now, cyclists who take up an intense new spring cycling training program, particularly with lots of hill climbing, they're also susceptible to Achilles tendon problems. Now, while most of us think about Achilles tendonitis as being caused by activity, there are other factors that can put you at higher risk of an Achilles tendon injury. Some medications can actually weaken the tendon and increase your risk of an Achilles tendon injury and ruptures or a complete tear of the tendon. If you've been taking steroids like prednisone or if you've been taking certain antibiotics, specifically fluoroquinolone antibiotics like Cipro, you should not exercise unless you've talked about this with your treating doctor. Now, you may have read about this where the FDA actually posted a strong black box warning about these kinds of antibiotics and the known associated risk of Achilles tendon ruptures. All right, so backing up a little bit. Now, if you're going to figure out how to fix your Achilles tendon, you have to understand what it feels like when it starts. So we're going to talk about the symptoms. Now, at first, it may just feel tight. The Achilles may feel like it's getting squeezed. And in the later stages, when runners finally start admitting it's a problem, it hurts about one or two inches above the heel bone. If you squeeze this spot and it's tender, you may notice it's also swollen. Often, it is only swollen right in that area where you feel the tenderness. Part of the challenge is to make sure that you don't make a misdiagnosis or that your doctor doesn't make a misdiagnosis with some similar condition. And there are some pains that are misdiagnosed and, and you have to understand how to tell the difference. So we're going to diverge from our main topic here for just a minute to make sure you don't have a different condition masquerading as Achilles tendonitis. The first condition is called flexor hallucis longus tenosynovitis, and that's a long name, and we can just talk about the FHL tendon for short, but 
that can cause pain in the back of the ankle deep to the Achilles tendon. And the FHL tendon is a muscle that's deep to the calf muscle, but then the tendon goes way in the back of your leg, the deepest part of the back of your leg, behind the Achilles tendon, runs down around the back of the ankle, and it goes all the way out to the big toe, and that one helps you pull down with your big toe. So if you put your foot on the ground and you press your big toe into the ground, it's that FHL tendon that's pulling the toe down against the ground. Now, I have helped lots of patients through Skype consultations or virtual doctor visits who thought they had Achilles tendonitis, but when we have them check the Achilles tendon, it doesn't hurt. The pain in tenderness is actually way deep to the Achilles, but we can rule that out just by comparing the tenderness or absence of tenderness when we palpate or push on each of those specific tendons, and there's, there's an easy way to do that. And if you have tenderness on the FHL tendon but not the Achilles tendon, then you're not going to get better if you do Achilles tendon treatment, so you have to rule that out. Retrocalcaneal bursitis is another condition that more often afflicts runners and might be confused with Achilles tendonitis. Now, I've seen lots of patients who called me and said they had Achilles tendonitis, but when I walk them through the process of self-diagnosis, whether that's on the phone or on Skype, the Achilles tendon doesn't really hurt. All the pain is on the back of the heel bone, near where the Achilles tendon hurts, but it's actually an inflamed fluid-filled sac called a bursa that's causing the trouble. That's a completely different issue. So again, if you treat this like Achilles tendonitis, you're not going to get better because you're treating the wrong problem. Again, it's really important to rule these two things out simply because these conditions won't respond to the treatments that most often help the Achilles tendon heal. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you agree that it's important to rule out conditions that won't get better if you treat it like Achilles tendonitis? You know, you're on a timeline. You have to get better. You have to get back to running. You have to understand which symptoms really look like Achilles tendonitis. So let's talk about those. You're more likely to have Achilles tendonitis or Achilles tendinosis if you have any of the following symptoms. And the first thing is pain. If you have an ache, stiffness, soreness, or tenderness in the Achilles tendon, anywhere between the heel bone and the calf muscle at the back of the leg, in its early stages, you may only notice this pain when you run. Or it is possible that you notice some soreness in the back of the leg when you get out of bed early in the morning. Many people, of course, particularly runners who have a high pain threshold, will ignore this pain because the soreness seems to disappear as the day goes on once they start walking, when they, once they loosen up. However, runners will also often notice that this pain hurts more and the soreness returns in the middle of their long runs and speed workouts. Now, the other thing that's consistent with Achilles tendon problems is Achilles tenderness. So if you press anywhere along the course of the tendon, you have anything ranging from mild tenderness to intense pain when you push on it or squeeze it, this should be concerning. You should never have any pain or tenderness when you press along the Achilles tendon anywhere. If you notice tenderness in the Achilles tendon, you should see a sports medicine foot and ankle specialist immediately. You've got to do something to treat it. So if you don't go see a doctor, you need to at least try some self-treatments right away to see if you can get that to improve. The third thing is any kind of deformity in the Achilles tendon. Now, an abnormal appearance of the tendon should be a concern. The Achilles tendon is normally firm and it's perfectly smooth. Now, of course, you can compare this to the other side. If you feel any lump, bump, knot, nodule, anything that feels like a marble inside the tendon, anywhere along the tendon, this is not normal. Achilles tendinosis is the common reason for these types of abnormal changes in the way the tendon feels. However, there are other problems that can cause these deformities, such as a ganglion cyst or other tendon tumors, but those things are really, really rare by comparison. So the first step for someone like you right now is to think about and decide which of these three problems you have. Do you have pain when you're just sitting right now? Do you have tenderness if you reach down and you gently squeeze the tendon just above where it attaches to the back of the heel bone? 
If you squeeze it, if it feels lumpy, like it has marbles on the inside of it, does it feel different? Does it, if you compare it to the other side, does it feel thicker or lumpy compared to your other tendon? Your task today is to figure out how severe the problem might be. You have to figure out whether or not your story fits closer with someone with a mild case of Achilles tendonitis or someone with a severe case of Achilles tendonitis. Now, in mild cases of Achilles tendonitis, it may feel sore or just stiff when you first get out of bed and start walking. If the problem is mild, it may start to loosen up and then feel better. Depending upon how severe it is, the Achilles may or may not really hurt when you first start running. In general, the more severe the problem, the more it will hurt when you start running. A common story that I hear from runners is that they will say that they feel soreness when they first start running, but within two or three miles, the pain starts to dissipate. They take that as an encouraging sign. But the endorphins are starting to kick in that produce a typical runner high at that point, and you get this natural pain suppression after running a couple of miles. That pain suppression may continue for another several miles. So many of the same patients will say, well, you know, I start running, it hurts a little bit initially, it goes away around two or three miles, and then at about eight or 10 miles, it starts to hurt again. That is not a good sign. Most of these same patients with Achilles tendonitis will say that the Achilles tendon is stiffer, more tender, and much more sore on the mornings following their days of running. This generally correlates with the intensity of the workout. An easy slow run won't produce as much soreness the next day as would a high-intensity tempo run, speed work, or hill repeats, for example. All right, so let's talk about self-diagnosis of Achilles tendonitis. Is, you, know, you have to try to figure out if there are any tests or anything you can do to determine whether or not you're having true Achilles tendonitis. The truth is, most runners don't need fancy tests in order to make a diagnosis of an Achilles tendon issue. If the tendon is sore after you run, you have some sort of Achilles tendon problem. Now, x-rays are not useful in making a diagnosis of Achilles tendonitis, so there's really no value in those. The only question is whether you have paratendonitis versus true Achilles tendonitis versus Achilles tendinosis, or worse, a partial rupture of the Achilles tendon. Although many doctors will do ultrasound or order an MRI, and of course you have to pay for those tests, the majority of us can truly tell which of those conditions might be bothering you just by hearing your story, touching, squeezing, looking at your Achilles tendon, and making a decision just based on the way the tendon feels. It's not really that complicated. This is so simple, in fact, that in most cases, I can walk a patient through this process on Skype during a virtual doctor visit. If you understand what to look for, you can even do this yourself. Part of the self-analysis is trying to think back and determine whether or not you've done anything in training that may have caused a problem with the Achilles tendon. You have to think about what medications you've taken. Did you take any new medications a month or two before you started having problems? You have to understand why Achilles tendonitis can occur in the first place. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. 
two, he's gonna be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are gonna result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. You have to understand why Achilles tendonitis can occur in the first place. Achilles tendonitis occurs because too much stress is applied to the tendon before the strained tendon has fully recovered from the preceding workout. When I lecture at medical conferences, primarily to rooms filled with foot and ankle surgeons, sports medicine podiatrists, and orthopedists, I argue then, and I maintain here, that running does not cause Achilles tendon problems. I also don't actually believe that faulty biomechanics even cause Achilles tendon problems, unless you consider or say you develop poor running form or faulty biomechanics as your running form falls apart at the end of a long run. If that happens, it's not because you're faulty per se, it's not because you're somehow defective, it's because you're too weak and too unstable to maintain good form during that specific workout. In that way, weakness and instability results in the degeneration of your form in a way that delivers abnormal stresses to the Achilles tendon. It's really mistakes in training that cause injury. My main contention when lecturing to physicians is that running does not cause running injuries. Training errors cause running injuries. For most of us runners, if you were to decide to do hill repeats every single day for the next year, I'd be willing to wager that the overwhelming majority of you would become injured and most of us would not take a year to develop that injury. But that would be a training error. That isn't faulty biomechanics. That's just doing something foolish, and it's going to apply too much stress to one specific structure before it can recover from the preceding workout. So one question I get is whether or not lifestyle can contribute to Achilles tendon injuries. And instead of attacking that directly, let's ask that question in reverse. So let's ask our audience here. Would lifestyle choices contribute to your success as a runner? I mean, think about for that for a second. Really, would lifestyle choices contribute to your success as a runner? Instead, let's actually rephrase that. What if we ask you, what lifestyle choices would definitely contribute to your success as a runner, making you faster, stronger, and a fitter athlete? As soon as we ask that question, what comes to mind? Seriously, what are the obvious things you think about? Eat a healthier diet? Would that contribute to your success as a runner? If you eat high-quality proteins, more dark green vegetables, dark-colored fruits, and less donuts, would that contribute to your success as a runner? Would it help give you the fuel that you need to repair tissues after you train? What about sleeping? Would more discipline related to going to sleep earlier so you can get more rest to really capitalize on your workouts, would more sleep contribute to your success as a runner? What about discipline related to sticking with your coach's plan? Would it help you to follow the training plan as closely as possible instead of making adjustments without talking to your coach? If you go out with your friends one day, skip a workout, and then jam a couple of hard workouts closer together without talking to your coach, would that be detrimental to your workout? I would think so. So when you think about it in this way, it becomes very obvious that lifestyle choices can contribute to your success or failure as a runner. Most runners think of failure as the absence of achieving a specific goal at a specific race. In my mind, failure is injury, particularly an injury which resulted from poor lifestyle choices, sticking one's head in the sand, and refusing to address the injury as soon as it occurred. 
The overwhelming majority of patients I see had injuries that could have been resolved much faster, much sooner if they had sought treatment and tried to do something about it, even if it was self-treatment at home, right when the injury started to rear its ugly head. Achilles tendon injuries are a lot like gremlins. At first, they're these cute, fuzzy little things, just a little trouble and really not much of a problem, but after a while, it can turn into a completely different animal. And although it's really beyond the scope of discussion, there are things that can contribute to Achilles tendon issues like taking antibiotics like Cipro. The unfortunate reality is that we as runners have to be completely aware of all these possible treatments that might be inflicted upon us by well-meaning physicians. The doctor is trying to make you better. However, some of the common treatments used for normal patients can be really risky for people who run. So you don't think this happens? Well, let me explain. One time I got pneumonia after Ironman Florida. Because I was out of town, I went to see a doc in the box. I wrote down on my intake sheet that I was an Ironman triathlete, that I just did an Ironman race, and I was just preparing to start retraining for my next Ironman race that was only a few months away. I explained that I trained 25 to 30 hours a week, that I rode 300 plus miles a week, and I ran 50 to 60 miles a week. And the doctor wrote me a prescription for Cipro. I was dumbfounded. I actually looked at him and said, are you nuts? Did you not even read my history? He then somewhat sheepishly and apologetically said, well, you know, we were really busy here in clinic today. But what about all the other runners that went in there that day? Did they wind up with an antibiotic that has a known association with Achilles tendon problems? Of course, I don't know, but you have to know. All of our listeners have to know. You have to understand about these medications that can put you at risk. It's interesting to me how many runners I see with Achilles tendon problems who have not made any changes in their training, no changes in their running routine, but have taken antibiotics. When I really probe them to try to find out the root causes of the problem, it turns out that a month or two before the problem started, they took one of these medications that can cause a problem with the Achilles tendon. And one of the big questions is whether or not there's anything that will make your Achilles tendonitis worse. And the short answer is yes. Whatever caused it in the first place will definitely make it worse. It could be running hills. It could be too much time on an elliptical trainer. It could be calf raises at the gym. It could be too much pronation from running in the wrong shoes. It could even be caused by having too much float in your cycling pedals. So look back at your training log. Try to identify the change in routine that corresponded with the onset of pain and tenderness. Be honest about when any discomfort developed. After all, most runners will say that weeks or months before they noticed any real pain, they had some sort of weird discomfort. Now, I often hear this described as a soft squeezing sensation like the elastic of a sock or rubber band wrapping around the tendon. Try to think back when you first started noticing any sort of discomfort or weird sensations in the Achilles tendon. And once you've identified a problem, you should try to treat it. And if that means self-treatment, so be it. You've got to do something. So we're going to talk about several different kinds of treatment. In terms of conservative versus non-conservative treatments, doctors group those into surgery versus non-surgery. However, we runners need to think about these treatments more in terms of aggressive conservative treatments versus non-aggressive conservative treatment. I think of aggressive conservative treatments as things that have the potential to screw you up. Corticosteroid injections are aggressive. Strict immobilization with a cast and crutches is also aggressive. They are dangerous to your longevity as a runner. Now, most runners should first focus on the non-aggressive, low-risk, conservative treatments that can be done at home. The first thing is rest. And when I say rest, I simply mean decreasing activity sufficient so that the pain starts to dissipate and the swelling starts to subside. 
This requires very careful attention and daily reassessment, but I'm not talking about strict rest, bed rest, or stopping all activity. Ice decreases inflammation by restricting blood flow. Ice can be applied right to the inflamed area to help calm it down. So try applying ice to the affected area right over your Achilles tendon for about 10 minutes out of each hour. Just make sure you don't put the ice directly against your skin. You can also use compression. Compression is a mainstay of treatment for all things involving inflammation. With knee-high compression socks so readily available at all running shoe stores, there's no excuse not to try it. Elevation can also help by promoting drainage of the inflammatory fluid by using gravity to help drain all of that inflammatory fluid out of your leg. At the end of the day, when you have most swelling, it can be really helpful just to lay on your back with your feet up against the wall for about 20 or 30 minutes. If you do this while you're wearing compression socks, it really speeds up the process. Now, heel lifts placed inside your shoe can decrease the pressure and tension to the Achilles tendon. Basically, when you stick a lift underneath the heel bone, it pushes the heel bone up closer to the knee, which shortens the distance the Achilles tendon has to span, and it takes some of the tension off the tendon. A lot of people talk about heel pads, meaning sort of placing gel pads or pads with a hole in them on the back of the heel to remove pain and irritation of the sore spot, but that's really more for that condition called retrocalcaneal bursitis, and again, that's a different problem, so we're not really going to talk about that here. Some people will recommend wearing open back shoes or shoes that have soft backs that don't push on or irritate the back of the shoe. But again, that doesn't really usually apply to Achilles tendonitis unless you have uh, boots that you have to wear that push on that damaged area of the tendon. Most shoes don't usually push on the irritated Achilles tendon. There are exercises that you can do at home, mainly stretching exercises, which can relieve some of the tension in the Achilles tendon that started the problem. If you have a tight Achilles tendon, which doctors call equinus deformity. This can really help prevent the problem from coming back again. But don't do any kind of stretches or exercises that cause pain. That's not a good idea when you're doing this treatment at home. Now, there are some topical anti-inflammatory medications. Uh, there are lots of natural anti-inflammatories. You can get other ones that are not really natural, like uh, Voltaren or ibuprofen sort of creams, Motrin creams. It depends on where you're located. There are lots of those available in Europe. There's some of them available here in the States. But any kind of cream or lotion that can be applied directly to the inflamed area with the intention of reducing inflammation may make it feel better and it may make some of the inflammation start to subside. With these, the big advantage is that you don't have any concern for stomach upset or many of the other problems associated with oral anti-inflammatory drugs. These are all very simple things that you can try at home. And one of the big questions is people will say, okay, well, how long should I do this stuff before I start giving up on home treatment if I'm a runner trying to treat this stuff at home? Well, there's really no set time frame that can be predictable for all runners. The conventional treatment regimens I hear from other doctors when I speak at conferences is that they will tell their patients to expect six weeks to three months of no running. Of course, I don't follow that formula. I think we're all individuals and we're all different. We all have different injuries and differing severity of those injuries. Runners need and should expect fast improvement. You have to figure out the fastest way to stop the inflammation and decrease the stress so you can continue running while the healing process continues. Much of the time frame is goal dependent. What I mean by that is if you're doing Boston and it's a year away, you have some time to recover, ramp up, and run the race. If you're running Boston in four months, you can't take six weeks off during your maximum build phase. In some cases, you can experiment with treatment, but in other cases, you just have to arrest the inflammation and come up with some strategies to decrease the stress to the tendon enough to make it through the event without sustaining more damage to the tendon. This is part of why it's so critical to work with a coach and a doctor who focuses on your goals rather than focusing on the injury. 
I always tell my patients if they're getting better, their symptoms are going down, then they should start increasing their activity right away. Then it's simply a matter of making sure your symptoms are decreasing and you're in line with the goal. But if you and your doctor are creative, you can often keep running and still recover. Now, when you think about training modifications that runners have to implement when they have an Achilles tendon injury, the key is to uncover the most stressful workouts. And I just mean most stressful to the Achilles tendon. So talk to your coach and figure out how to substitute workouts that are less stressful to the Achilles tendon. If you know hill repeats cause the problem with the Achilles, you know your Achilles hurts more after you do hill repeats. Maybe you could do mile repeats on the track instead. You just got to try to identify the worst offenders and remove those and substitute something else. Now, if you've done all these things you're not approving, you have to think about more aggressive steps. And aggressive conservative treatments are ones that I think of are mostly doctor prescribed. So again, an aggressive treatment is anything prescribed by a doctor that is either time consuming, expensive, invasive, or somehow has the potential to jeopardize your ability to run. Everything involving a pill, a needle, a scalpel, a cast, a fracture walking boot, crutches should be considered aggressive, especially for runners. Physical therapy is a thing that doctors recommend, and you can do a lot of home physical therapy in terms of self-massage and stretching, but physical therapy involving ultrasound is something that you can't really do at home very effectively, although you can order some home ultrasound units. They're not really the same as the ones that the physical therapists use. Doctors often tend to prescribe oral anti-inflammatory medications, and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications like Motrin, Aleve, Ibuprofen, Naproxen, they're all available without doctor's prescriptions. But one thing most runners don't seem to understand is that over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medications and those drugs only work to reduce the inflammation if you take them very, very consistently. You also have to take them at prescription strength doses for at least a week to have any realistic hope of reducing the inflammation that is causing Achilles tendonitis. So if you take over-the-counter anti-inflammatories as prescribed on the bottle, it's unlikely to be sufficient. And just as a warning, you should not take prescription strength doses of any medication without talking to your doctor first. Now, immobilization is just holding things still, and the most effective way to do that is with a cast, but the way that most doctors do it is with a fracture walking boot. If you reduce the motion, you reduce the stress to the tendon. That is the idea behind immobilization. Now, I wouldn't typically recommend immobilization for early forms of Achilles tendonitis. However, if you're not responding to the less aggressive home treatment, it is possible to order a fracture walking boot online. In some cases, runners only need a week or so just to get the tendon to calm down. But a word of caution, immobilization can exact a heavy price. You'll predictably get weaker and stiffer anytime you immobilize your foot and ankle. So if conservative treatments don't work, what are the next steps? Well, it's pretty simple. You have to take the next most aggressive step. And there are pros and cons with all aggressive treatments. So nothing in medicine is free. For every benefit, there is always a risk. The riskier the treatment, the more likely you'll need the help of a physician to guide you. And we talk about all the more aggressive treatments in part two of this series, but as an example, if you take NSAIDs, you can decrease inflammation. You don't need a prescription. You probably have some at home in your medicine cabinet right now, but studies have shown an association between NSAID use and slowed healing of tendon to bone interfaces. So do that with caution if you have an Achilles tendon problems. If you have an early form of Achilles tendonitis, the important thing right now is to make sure you understand how to reduce the stress and inflammation that can cause problems and prevent healing of the Achilles tendon. 
And if you don't have one of these problems yet, or you've just gotten over one and you're trying to figure out how to prevent it from happening again, there are some rehab exercise strategies for Achilles tendon problems. This is how that works. When the muscles fatigue, the muscles are less capable of dynamically absorbing force. So when the muscles fatigue, the tendon has to take over. The Achilles tendon is more cable than shock absorber. So if the cable is under constant static loading, it gets beaten up. So the primary Achilles rehab or prevention strategy should be able to, one, stretch the Achilles tendon to make it more pliable, and two, strengthen the calf muscle to make it stronger and less prone to fatigue so it can absorb more of that force. Now, the static gastroc stretch is one of the best stretches to help the Achilles tendon in runners. And instead of trying to explain it, I'm just going to post the video and embed it in the show notes. All you have to do is go to the show notes and docontherun.com, and you can look at the demonstration video and see exactly how to do it correctly. Now, these stretches will help increase the pliability of the tendon so it can absorb forces more dynamically. When it comes to the Achilles tendon and its propensity to become re-injured, you really have two factors at play. Again, the tendon is just a cable of collagen. The muscles that attach to that cable absorb forces dynamically, but it only absorbs forces dynamically when it's strong, firing efficiently, and you're running with good form. By stretching the Achilles tendon, you make it more pliable with the specific intention of making it less prone to re-injury. Of course, one of the questions I get is how much do I need to do this? How frequently do I need to do it to get the best result? For recovering runners, I usually have them do stretches three times a day. That may sound like a lot, but you only have to hold each stretch for 10 seconds. Since you stretch each leg three times, that's only one minute total time per session. So truthfully, think about this. Wouldn't you agree that you could find one minute to stretch just three times a day? For those just hoping to prevent Achilles tendon issue, I would recommend twice a day. So for those of you trying to head off the trouble with the Achilles tendon, you only need to stretch two minutes out of each day. Well, here's the bottom line on self-diagnosis and self-treatment. If you have a mild form of Achilles tendonitis and you do something to decrease the stress and reduce the inflammation, you will probably start to improve. If you have a partial tear in the Achilles tendon, if you have some advanced problem like Achilles tendinosis, you aren't really going to get better. Now, having said that, there is another side to the value of self-treatment. Even if you don't get better, the information you give your doctor about what treatments help, what treatments didn't help, how you did those treatments, they're all extremely useful in determining which of the advanced therapies might be helpful in your particular case. Look, the truth is most patients I help have already been to several doctors. They call me because they're not getting better. I've seen world-class runners who went to the number one hospital in California, one of the top five hospitals in the entire country, and even after an entire team of specialists evaluated them during the run clinic, they still got misdiagnosed. But then when I sat down with this particular runner to figure out why he was still having problems, I made the right diagnosis. But it's not because I'm smarter than the entire run clinic team. It's because I had the additional benefit of hearing all the different treatments he tried and failed. I just had more information. Your self-treatment process will give your doctor way more information if you don't get better. But of course, the entire process of self-treatment just might heal your Achilles tendon and get you right back to running. And if you happen to be one of those runners who has heard about Achilles tendon problems and just wants to make sure you don't get it, and that's why you're listening to this, the most important thing you will hear today is that you have to be aware of those weird sensations that happen in the Achilles tendon watershed region just above the heel bone. Over and over, I have heard runners tell me that months before real trouble began, 
They notice this weird sensation of a sock squeezing the tendon, a rubber band wrapped around the tendon, or some sort of strange pressure in the tendon. This, I believe, is just fluid accumulating within the peritoneum surrounding the Achilles tendon and stretching those little nerve fibers. Now, I myself have had this happen probably half a dozen times in the last few years. Of course, I recognize it for what it is. I immediately stopped running for two or three days. I wear compression socks for the next couple of days. In most cases, it goes away almost immediately without even applying ice. But in those cases where it lasted for a day or two, I would do the contrast bath routine and then it would resolve. With the early forms of Achilles tendonitis, you may have to do those same treatments for a little bit longer to get the discomfort to go away. You might have to add a heel lift under your shoe insert to decrease some of the stress and tension on the Achilles tendon. Regardless of which interventions you attempt at home, the most important piece is that you are assessing your progress. If the pain is decreasing, you have less tenderness each day, and if the swelling around the tendon is clearly subsiding, you are on the right path. Inflammatory fluid accumulated around the tendon will feel soft and squishy compared to the other tendon. If you're taking steps to reduce the stress, reduce the inflammation, that fluid should start to go away pretty quickly. If the tenderness is not improving, the swelling is still present, and you don't seem to be making any headway, you have to do something else. Remember, that inflammatory fluid that produces the swelling has degradative enzymes that actually breaks down the collagen in the Achilles tendon. This produces irreversible damage to the tendon. Don't stick your head in the sand. Take action. Just add the next most aggressive treatment. If needed, take a couple of days off running. Don't stop exercising. Just do something different that won't stress the tendon. Go to the gym, swim, do deep water running, work on your core. Don't lose your fitness and don't lose hope either. The earlier you identify inflammation in any issue with the Achilles tendon, the easier it is to get it to go away. If you identify it right when it begins, it may only take a day or two to get rid of the problem. But if you ignore it and keep training for months, it's possible to do permanent damage to the tendon. Even if you're not traumatizing the tendon anymore with back-to-back hard workouts, the accumulation of fluid around the tendon creates a state of chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation will predictably lead to degeneration of the collagen and development of Achilles tendinosis particularly tears in the Achilles tendon, and if ignored long enough, even a complete rupture of the Achilles tendon. Although we discuss all those conditions and treatment options in part two of this series, you have to take the information you learned here and really apply it over the next week to see if you can make some progress on your own. The bottom line is that when runners like you take early intervention seriously and you simply reduce the inflammation right when Achilles paratendinitis starts, the trouble goes away really quickly. When runners have Achilles tendonitis and they both reduce the inflammation and reduce the stress enough to allow the tendon to calm down and heal, the trouble goes away quickly. You just have to be aware of the discomfort in the Achilles as soon as possible. Early intervention, even if it's home treatment, is really the key. Make a decision right now about whether you most likely have paratendonitis, true Achilles tendonitis, or Achilles tendinosis. Based on what you learned today, pick three simple things you will do to reduce the inflammation and reduce the stress on the tendon. Do those three things for one week. If you've not improved, then you can move on to part two and figure out what you should do with a more severe case of Achilles tendonitis. If you have a question, just post it as a comment here on the show notes page, or you can enter it and post it on Twitter and just tag at my running doc and I'll post a reply. 
If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me, and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.